Hi guys and welcome to the Research Zone podcast, the podcast where we aim to make sense of youth mental health research. Each week we will talk to a different researcher to learn about their research project, discussing the why, what, where, when and how of their research and most importantly how this can benefit us as young people. All the relevant links will be in the show notes so please do check them out if you're interested in today's topic. Without further ado, let's meet today's guest. So hello everyone and welcome to the Research Zone podcast. I'm your host Lizzie and I'm joined today by Maria. Hello Lizzie, my name is Maria. I am a senior research fellow in the Institute for Mental Health and I do a lot of research on self-harm and suicide prevention. Brilliant, you are the perfect person to talk to you today. We're here to talk about a project that we did together which was creating a GP guide for young people to use when they're going to see their GP about self-harm or suicidal thoughts. So would you be able to give us a quick brief one to two minute elevator pitch of the research? Absolutely Lizzie, thank you for this opportunity. So we know that uh, general practitioners or GPs are the first port of call for uh, people in distress, including young people. However, we know that a lot of young people who might be experiencing um, self-harm thoughts and and, or suicidal behavior might not feel very comfortable visiting their GP. So we wanted to understand why is that and what are some of the factors that might impact on their seeking help from their GP. So we carried out a research, a qualitative research, so we did interviews with young people uh, to find out their experiences of seeking help from their GP, uh, what drives them or not, what what impacts on their help-seeking behavior. Uh, And we found a lot of very, very interesting information from from this piece of research that we carried out. Uh, For example, uh, one of the most commonly held myths is that young people do not go to see their GP because GPs are usually for physical health problems. And that is actually not true. You can go and visit your GP if you're experiencing uh, mental health difficulties, including um, if you are thinking about suicide or engaging in self-harming behavior. So we wanted to develop a a short uh, guide uh, developed and co-designed with young people for young people in order to bust some of these myths and try to promote help seeking from uh, from primary care. This is what we set out to do over a, was it six or seven months, I think, period. Brilliant. So you kind of hinted at it there, but why did you personally choose this problem? Why did you think that a GP guide was what was needed to help young people? Because the uh, GPs are... Uh, the first point of contact, if you've got a cold, uh, if you're feeling unwell, uh, if you've noticed a lump in your breast, the first person you're going to see is your general practitioner, and rightly so. So it shouldn't be anything any different for any, any, any mental health uh, difficulties. But we know that young people are hesitant in contacting their GPs. There are a number of barriers. It might be organizational barriers, for example, uh, accessing a a, a GP consultation. It might take some time. It might be, for example, that you don't know what to expect from a GP consultation. It was was surprising how many young people did not know what kind of questions uh, the GP was going to ask them about their self-harm. And this is something that we we tackled in, in the guide. We had a whole section about what to expect from your consultation. 
So it was very, very important for, for us, both for our research team and the youth advisory group team to put a resource together to help young people understand what happens uh, before, during and after a GP consultation, what to expect from your consultation, and also to bust some of these commonly held myths about GPs. Definitely. And you mentioned that the, the guide was co-designed and I was lucky enough to be in the advisory group who helped co-design the guide. But could you tell us a bit more about how young people were involved and how the co-design aspect of it worked? Absolutely. We could not have set out to, to do this without the involvement of young people. And this is actually the unique selling point of the guide. So in the Institute for Mental Health, we have a, a youth advisory group. The young people with living and lived experience of, of mental ill health. Uh, we work very closely with a youth advisory group for any sort of activities that we do, whether it's research, whether it's dissemination, whether it's public outreach. So for me, it was the third port, uh, first port of call. I want to develop this guide. Uh, it's a need that has come out of the research that we've carried out. So we could not have done it without your, your involvement. We have a youth participation lead. Uh, that facilitates the involvement of, of young people in, in uh, well, in suicide prevention research in my case, but also in other types of research that we carried out in the Institute. Definitely. And we had how many, we had like quite a few Zoom meetings, didn't we? And we kind of discussed how we wanted the guide to look, what we felt needed to go into it. Um, and then there was a lot of discussion about how we wanted to split the guide. And then we came up with the before, during and after. And we provided quotes as a youth advisory group. So I think all of us put a quote in there um, and kind of really used our own experiences to bring the guide to life and inform the guide. And I think that is why it was such a good project, because I know that you did a presentation yesterday and got feedback saying that our voices shone through, which is so, so good to have something that is designed by young people for young people. So I know as a youth advisory group, we really hope that this guide is going to help a lot of people practically. Absolutely, Lizzie, absolutely. The feedback, I've been, we, we launched the guide on Friday 10th of September, which was World Suicide Prevention Day. And the feedback that we received, both from young people, family members of young people with lived experience of self-harm or suicide, and, and also general practitioners has been so positive. And one of the things that, that they compliment is the fact that your voices are there. Through your quotes, through the language that we have used, through the amazing design of, of the guide. So your ideas and your voices and your experiences are directly reflected in, in the guide. And if you remember at the first um, Zoom meeting that we had, I think it was back in spring, I think now, I think it was May, May 2021, I think, I came in with an empty agenda because my idea was a, I wanted to adopt a very sort of bottom-up approach. I discussed with you the vision that I had and you are the one that made this vision uh, come, come true. So uh, through your quotes, through your contribution in the content, in the language, I remember specifically you, you picked a lot of the words that didn't make sense to young people that I've 
in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was amazing because to me, you know, as an academic, it's the language that I use sometimes can be very crude. Um, so I really appreciated that uh, that feedback and, and we could not have done it without you. So I really hope that if there are young people out there who are in distress, who might be experiencing self-harm or suicidal thoughts uh, and want to seek help from their GP, that they pick up this guide, they read through it, just so that it can, to get reassurance and to alleviate any concerns that they might have about what the GP will ask them, concerns about confidentiality. Now, if you remember, we've discussed this at length. One of the biggest concerns for young people and the fear of uh, the consequences from disclosing that you might be thinking about um, harming yourself, for example. So we have a whole section on confidentiality uh, and, its, and its limits, that everything you say in, in, in your consultation is confidential between you and your doctor. However, there are cases of where your doctor might have to share some information either with other health professionals in order to find the best help and support for you, uh, or if they're worried about your well-being or someone else's well-being and safety, uh, they might have to share information with other professionals or your family. And we've clearly explained this process uh, in the guide so that young people are aware and informed about this process. Definitely. And I think that was a very big one that came out from the youth advisory group was the fact that a lot of us were scared to talk to our GPs because of that reason. So we really hope the guide helps people in that respect. So the re- the long-term vision of this guide, what do you see happening next with it? Yes, so there is a lot of potential with this uh, guide, Lizzie. And of course, you are, uh, all of you are going to be uh, part or actually leading this journey. So as, as I said, we've launched the guide, a guide a couple of <clears throat> weeks ago, and now I am working with you and other uh, youth advisory group members to develop our social media strategy and our dissemination strategy. We want to reach as many young people as possible. We want to reach as many GPs as possible. So we are going to be doing a lot of sort of dissemination, a number of webinars that are coming up. So watch this space, both with young people, with uh, parents uh, bereaved uh, by suicide, with GPs. My vision is that every surgery should have a copy of this uh, guide in their waiting area and that young people in, engage with this guide. They access it in order to seek help and, and, and support and also to alleviate any concerns or doubts that they might have about you know, things such as medication or confidentiality or what questions would the GP uh, ask me about my self-harm, for example. Definitely. And that is such an important vision, isn't it? I'm going to put a link to the guide in the show notes so that everyone can find it. And I would say if you're struggling or even just want to find out what on earth we've been talking about this whole time, then go and have a look at the guide. It's really helpful. It's split into three sections. So there's a before you visit your GP during the GP appointment and after the GP appointment so it really breaks down like what to expect it's got helpful tips and it's presented in like a very young people friendly way with lots of colours and pictures so we really hope that it will help everyone listening 
Um, and also to mention, Lisa, that we've got a, a, a video as well. Yes. To bring the guide to life because sometimes people might not want to read a, a you know a 10 pages guide, but they might want to listen to a seven, eight minute video. Uh, so that's on, on we've uploaded that on, on our website and on YouTube and you know all the resources are free to access. Thank you very much for your time, Maria. This has been so helpful. The final question is where can people get involved with this project and find out more about you and your work? So on our website, so if, first of all, if you type my name on Google, the research will come up. Fabulous. The guide and the uh, video are uploaded on the Institute for Mental Health at the University of Birmingham under the Suicide and Self-Harm Research Programme. On YouTube, if you just type GP Guide for Young People, it will be the first video that um, that uh, that comes up. And as I said, we are in the process of designing also a new website for the guide so that it's easy for young people to find it and access it. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Maria. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you got something from today's conversation and some nuggets of wisdom you can utilise to manage your own mental health. This is a podcast made by young people for young people. So if you liked it, then please do follow us on socials and let us know about any future topics you would like to see. We hope you have a wonderful week and most importantly, take care of yourself.